Lord's Health System, one of the region's leading healthcare providers, proudly presents Lord's Health Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. The liver disease program at Our Lady of Lourdes Medical Center is staffed by hepatologists, liver transplant surgeons, and interventional radiologists who all work collaboratively in this comprehensive program. My guest today is Dr. Hisham Eljanadi. He's a liver disease specialist at Lourdes Health System. Welcome to the show, Dr. Eljanadi. What conditions constitute liver disease? What are we talking about here? Well, what we've been hearing a lot about lately in liver disease is uh, hepatitis C. So we, we uh, are getting a lot of information uh, from the CDC regarding, you know, the importance of screening uh, for hepatitis C because uh, now more than ever, you know, this is a curable disease. So hepatitis C is definitely uh, one of the most important diseases that uh, we should screen for in uh, baby boomer population uh, because 1 in 30 baby boomers actually have hepatitis C regardless of their, you know, risk factors that uh, they reveal to you. And the other liver disease, which is probably even more common than hepatitis C that we don't hear much about, is fatty liver disease. And uh, fatty liver disease is actually two types. You have the uh, alcohol fatty liver disease, which is you know brought on by people just consuming too much alcohol. And uh, that would be about for a male about thirty, more than thirty grams a day of al- of alcohol, and for a woman about uh, greater than twenty grams a day of alcohol. Um, but the other fatty liver disease, which is the non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, is really attributed more to what we call metabolic syndrome. So it's really anyone that's uh, uh, overweight, that maybe has high cholesterol, has high blood pressure, diabetes, or at risk for diabetes. Uh, that's probably the most common liver disease today in the United States. You know, we've heard that diabetes is on the rise. Well, so is fatty liver disease, and we think up to 30 million Americans actually have fatty liver disease and don't know it. And um, and some of them, you know, they have what we call steatohepatitis, which is actual scar tissue building up in the liver over time, um, leading to liver cirrhosis. And people get shocked when they hear liver cirrhosis because they think you only have to you have to be an alcoholic to get to get uh, liver cirrhosis. But you can get liver cirrhosis from non-alcohol fatty liver disease. So all diabetics and people with high cholesterol, high blood pressure, really should be screened. Um, by their healthcare provider, just checking liver function tests and maybe even doing an ultrasound to look to see if there's any fat on the, on the liver. But there's other types of liver diseases. Some of them are autoimmune related, you know, and, um, and usually people uh, that have one autoimmune disease may have another. So, you know, um, if we're not sure, you know, maybe someone with uh, thyroid disease, for example, they're hypothyroid, they really should uh, check liver function tests on those patients as well. And um, there's genetic disease like uh, increased uh, iron overload states like hemochromatosis. So there's a variety of liver diseases, much less common than the first two I talked about, which is the fatty liver and hepatitis C. But, um, you know, when someone comes to my office with elevated liver function tests, these are the kind of things I'll screen for. Tell us about some of the different screening tests for liver function. And you mentioned screening for hepatitis C. So speak about the screening and why would somebody even get screened for liver function or hepatitis C? You want baby boomers all tested for hepatitis C, correct? That's correct, yes. How do we get tested? Yeah, that test is just really looking at the hepatitis C antibody test. Um, And it's just really one test. Um, If it comes up positive, then um, they have about an 85% risk that they actually have chronic uh, hepatitis C, therefore chronic liver disease. So, um, you know, elevated liver function tests kind of give away some of the reasons why you screen for anything. However, you can actually have absolute normal liver enzymes. 
and still have hepatitis B. So it's important that all baby boomers should be screened. Other people that should be screened as well should be anyone with a history of IV drug abuse, anyone with a history of snorting cocaine. It doesn't have to be IV. Just by sharing that straw, um, people can can uh, get uh, transmission that way as well. So, um, you know, this is the population. Anyone who was transfused before 1992 had a transfusion of blood products also is at risk. Um, people who had um, tattoos that were not professionally done in a tattoo parlor. So, for example, I've heard people having tattoo parties. And uh, so they have a party. Someone comes over with the, using the same needle and the same ink and just basically tattooing anyone. People who've had tattoos in a, um, that were incarcerated. So sometimes they do tattooing in, during incarceration. And again, they're passing along the infection one to the other. So there's a variety of ways you can get hepatitis C, and I think all of these questions should be asked um, when a patient presents. But um, even if they say no to all this, and they are in that population of baby boomers, you still should check with hepatitis C antibody. Um, so sticking um, with hepatitis C for a second, what uh, are some treatments? If you have determined that somebody carries this virus, then what do you do for them, and is it a lifelong intervention that you have to do with them? Fortunately, it's not. Um, right now, what we have is these direct-acting antivirals that work right on the replication process of the, uh, of the virus and prevent its replication, and, and ultimately, the virus is eradicated. The treatment duration can range from somewhere between 8 weeks to 24 weeks, depending on you know, the patient type, the, you know, whether they have cirrhosis, non-cirrhosis, the, the medication you're using, um, and they, um, they're covered by the insurance. And they're also, um, you know, show us a cure rate of somewhere between 90% and in some cases up to 100%. So it's, uh, it's not a long duration. They're very well tolerated in most cases and uh, high cure rate. And then what about liver disease? When you've determined that someone has fatty liver disease or non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, then what are some of the latest treatments that you do for them? And again, you mentioned lifestyle modifications and weight loss, diabetes management, that sort of thing. So speak about the treatments and the interventions you would use and those lifestyle modifications you would like the patient to do. So uh, as far as uh, medications for fatty liver disease, they really don't exist. There's no FDA approval for any medications right now um, in the market. There are studies going on about new medications that should be coming out soon, but for now, you know, it's all anecdotal information. There's some, some small trials, but nothing that reached a phase three trial to allow the FDA to actually approve anything. So lifestyle modification is the, uh, is the treatment of choice. Um, it's, it's really what we have uh, in, our, uh, in our possession here. So, for example, a patient who's diabetic, we want them to lose weight, uh, control their hemoglobin A1C to bring it down to a, a reasonable level, working with, uh, with their endocrinologist and primary care. So it's actually a kind of a multidisciplinary approach to, uh, to how this is managed. Um, and sometimes when patients are just too obese and they can't seem to be able to lose the weight and with diet and exercise, we actually do refer them for a possible bariatric uh, surgery solution. Uh, gastric sleeves have been, um, you know, performed on these patients, and they do quite well where, you know, I see cholesterol is coming down, uh, blood sugar is coming down, and, you know, so, um, yeah, I work, uh, I work with our bariatric surgery department on, on some of these cases, which, which do quite well. But If somebody uh, yeah. does do some of mm -hmm. those lifestyle modifications, can they yes. reverse yes. 
the liver disease, or is this something that's that's already the damage has been done, and now they're just not going to do further damage? Well, that's uh, you know, that's uh, there are no studies actually looking at what happens after you do get to a point where you know you uh, you reached your goal. So, in other words, an appropriate basal metabolic index and um, and appropriate diabetes. Uh, control and blood sugar. The only way we really measure it today is by just checking liver enzymes and seeing them improve to a to a normal state. That's the best we have. Now, there are um, some other studies you can do. You can do liver biopsies. However, it's pretty invasive to do that, and we've uh, kind of um, been moving away from liver biopsies more and more. We, uh, we try to implement something called the fiber scan, which is a new device that has um, been out uh, FDA-approved for use, where it actually measures the um, it measures the thickness of the liver, and it can actually give you a score to tell you how much scar tissue is on the liver. So, um, but there aren't uh, you know long term studies that show that hey you know we, we had a patient who had stage two fibrosis, and there and after we reached our goal, we looked at and and uh, we saw an improvement in their histology. So that doesn't exist, but we assume you know just by by getting to that point that um, there will be not only stability, but possibly even improvement, because we see it in other liver disease states. So, for example, if you cure hepatitis C, we see that whatever scar tissue you started out with, we see that their you know, majority of patients, or at least half the patients, will improve um, in their histology. Um, we also see it in other disease states, like hepatitis B, um, but uh, fatty liver disease, there's not any long, there aren't any long-term studies to, to prove that theory. And in just the last few minutes, doctor, give us your best advice about liver disease, getting tested and screened for liver function and hepatitis C, what you really want the listeners to know and why they should come to Lourdes Health System for their care. Well, like I said, you know, I mean, uh, it's important if you had any of the risk factors that I discussed, um, there are definitely other diseases and there's more risk factors that we can talk about, um, you know, but... Um, you should talk to your primary care physician and and, and uh, discuss to see if they are at risk, possibly at risk of fatty liver disease or any other uh, liver disease state. Get screened by them. And um, coming to us, it's, uh, it, well, you know, of course I'm biased, but um, <laughs> I will say that we have a we have a wonderful team um, of people. We we have a endocrinologist and we have bariatric and we have great pri- uh, primary care physicians where we work together. In trying to reach patients' goals, so it's multidisciplinary approach. Our liver transplant program, same thing. I think no one has really come to our program and uh, not loved the whole team. You know, whether it's the coordinators, the social worker, or the surgeons. Again, we work really well together, and um, we're all about caring for the patient from A to Z. Well, thank you so much. It's really been a pleasure to have you on with us today. You're listening to Lord's Health Talk, and for more information, you can go to lordsnet.org. That's lordsnet.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.